Hello again, everyone. Welcome to Rome Business Radio. My name is Roger Manus, and this is the Hardy Realty Show. We are broadcasting from the Hardy Realty Studios, and we work in cooperation with the Rome News Tribune. And we are joined today on the Hardy Realty Show by Jimmy Byers of Hardy Realty and Devin Smith of the Davies Shelter. Hello. How are you? Good morning. Yes. How are you today? I'm just hunky-dory, as we say down south. Um, we're, we're, uh, social distancing. We're conducting this podcast via zoom. Um, so, uh, you might hear different audio sources, but that's okay. We're, we're used to that in this day and age. Um, and I always thank Jimmy Hardy Realty uses their podcast to talk about the good things going on in the Rome Floyd County area. So, so thanks to Jimmy and Hardy Realty for doing that. Um, Devin, you are the, uh, executive director at the Davies shelter. Is that correct? Can you tell us a little bit about what the Davies shelter does every day to help people in our community. Absolutely. Thanks for having me all today. I really appreciate it. Um, The Davies Shelters have been in Rome um, since 2003 and have been providing uh, transitional housing primarily to men over the course of the history of the agency. But a little over a year ago in August, we opened our women's shelter um, up on North Broad. And so now we have a shelter for 16 men and 12 women, four of whom are mothers with children. So we're able to shelter uh, individual men, individual women, and mothers with children. Well, it's, 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 and the farm program is, is you got a lot going on. Talk about that if you don't mind. Sure. So we have a, a, we had a really robust gardening program when I got back, we have a relationship with Barry college and uh, Dr. Brian Campbell was instrumental in getting a garden set up and uh, providing food for our guests over on our East 19th Street property, which just is adjacent to the men's shelter. The, um, we doubled that a couple of years ago, and we're growing enough food that uh, St. Mary's was St. Mary's School gave us a bus, and we retrofitted that into a mobile farmer's market. A, a little, I guess this is our second season that we've had that, so a little over two years ago. Uh, the creative technologies program at Berry College, Hackberry, um, retrofitted the bus. And so we take out the Davies Farm bus and sell produce around the community using a food justice model in um, areas of town where they're considered food deserts. So there's a, a definition if you're a certain distance away from a grocery store, you're considered in a food desert where you would primarily buy your food at a convenience store. So we go into those neighborhoods and we take fresh food. So then uh, I guess about a year, a little over a year ago now, maybe almost two as well, uh, the city of Rome gave us the use of a two acre piece of land over off of South Broad. And we've been growing vegetables out there. Now um, this year we had 98 tomato plants and all kinds of greens and, um, So we've been able to take that to market, um, both in Atlanta and then two farmers markets here in town. And so our guests can work in that program. So they're giving back to the Rome community in the ways that they're helping with the farm or the gardens. Or um, we're selling the food, taking it out to people who are food insecure. And um, so it's it's providing a good bit of service around, uh, around Rome. And I think the question... That really always comes up is people wonder why homeless shelter has a farming program. Um, but if we are able to eliminate one of those pieces of uh, concern, food on your table, roof over your head, being able to pay your utilities, if we can 
chip away at one of those things, food insecurity, then you may not become homeless. It, it might um, create some stability in your home around food. So um, we're really excited. We just got two grants from the federal government that will allow us to expand both the farm bus and our farming program, which will hire um, 10 of our guests a year on a short-term contract basis. So they'll get some work experience, make some money, and it, again, gives back into the program we have. Jimmy, what what prompted you to have Devin on as a as a guest this week, this month? Well, I guess uh, two reasons. One is we've always been a supporter of the Davies Shelter. I was on the board uh, many years ago as they were planning their new location on uh, East Twelfth. Is that right? Eighteenth. It's over right around the corner. Yeah, eighteenth. Right. That's right. That's right. But uh, in helping raise money for that, and and so. Uh, and we, we try to give annually. We try to encourage our agents to give. We'll, we'll do small bits and pieces. So from that standpoint, but, but from another uh, reason is just especially during this pandemic is I was just curious is how all of this is uh, affecting uh, and what the needs are. And if we mm-hmm. can get those needs out to the public, maybe they can, they can jump in and help Devin with, with the needs we see. Um, uh, I, I know I'd be curious about to realize the, the, the statistics on the homeless data uh, that we have in Rome and, 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 and that. I know um, uh, where our office building is on Martha Berry, we, we have a, a, a lot of traffic that we feel like that, that are homeless. So I just, um, you know, they do such a great job and Bill Davies has been a friend forever. And, and um, uh, so I just, Thought it'd be a great thing to have her on to tell us, especially this time uh, of this 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 2002 pandemic. I mean, 2020 pandemic, which feels like it's been five years. Yes, right? it does. Feel that- like it's been five years. <laughs> yeah. We've been at this at least five years, probably. Yeah. Yeah. So, what what addressing what his his questions were there, Devin? Can you go into that a little bit? Sure. So we ran, have run both of our shelters. Um, and I, I would like to say with just amazing staff, um, we have had protocols in both our men's and women's shelter, and we've not had any active cases of COVID, which I am I'm stunned, honestly, with the sheer number of, of the population and the way that we're moving in and out. Um, we feel really good about that. The, um and then with the help of the United Way and Salvation Army and Hospitality House, we had an emergency shelter here from early April till mid-May that housed another, um, uh, right, I think it was right at 43, I think 43 is the number right now um, off the top of my head, people who were unsheltered. So it's really hard to say to people, shelter in place, and then you don't have somewhere to shelter in place. Um, and so all of us worked together, the, all those agencies, and then Dr. John Cowan um, donated the space up on Kingston Road, and we were able to um, provide shelter to, to that extra part of the community that we just didn't have room in our in our regular shelters to house. So um, huge um, financial outlay. We were we sheltered in place until a couple of weeks ago uh, when the governor lifted the orders uh, for shelters and. Um, so that means we ran staff 24 hours a day, seven days a week at both of our spaces. Wow. That's, that's significant. Um, we didn't budget for that. We weren't into, you know, when we set our budget last year, we didn't anticipate 
close to six months of, of staffing that way. So that's a, that's a distinct uh, financial outlay that we had not bargained on. Um, I will say, is it full when you staffed all this, is it been pretty much full the whole time? Yes, sir. Are you yes. full today? Uh, right now at the women's shelter, we have two family rooms, one of which we're keeping as a quarantine room, just in case. Mm-hmm. If we had somebody come down sick, we want to be able to, to isolate. And then at the men's shelter, um, we are at 12 right now. Um, over there out of the 16. So, yeah. And we're requiring guests to come with a negative COVID test in the last 72 hours. Um, You're only negative right when you get the test, but we figure waiting on the results that gives people a chance to get in. Right. All right. What, what are the, I I hate to kind of get into deep into numbers. What is the statistical data for homelessness in Rome Floyd County? What are, what are the numbers really like? Sure. So, uh, Every other year in odd years, so in uh, 17, or sorry, I'm sorry, in 19, we did the first point in time count for our county in 10 years. Uh, we administered it. Um, that's a, it's a federally mandated count um, that HUD asks uh, the states to administer, and then the Department of Community Affairs asks individual ca- counties to do that count. And it just hadn't been done here in 10 years. Um so when I got back in 17, I got here two weeks before the count and we couldn't get it all organized the way we needed to. Um, so in 19, we jumped in and said we would be the folks to organize it. And we reported 183 people as as homeless. Uh, the state did an audit on that and came back. I think they came back with about 140. Um, and I'm not sure what their criteria was, but I do know that in that in that 10 year gap, um, there, there was a predictive model used. So if you don't have a count, the state says, oh, well, based on population and based on trends around the state, this community, this county probably only has this many people. And they had predicted that we had um, 52 people homeless. And I think, Jimmy, you could probably speak to that being where you are, that 52 might be a little low. Um, we knew that was low. So we went back um, so we, we say anywhere from, from 180 to 200 people we expect um, are unsheltered on a given night in our community. Um, and we'll do that count again in January. And we'll, we'll have a better sense to compare to two years ago. And we'll continue to help administer that moving forward. So part of your, part of your mission, part of your goal is to help transition Mm-hmm. Um, through through the shelters, so, yes. so so some can. So what are some of the root causes of homelessness? Unemployment, sure. um, things things that the shelter can help overcome. I guess is what I'm getting at. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of the 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 base kind of root causes um, is a lack of affordable housing. Um, we don't have a huge stock of places for people to move into that are affordable. Um, it's always a chicken and egg question. Um, did mental sure. health precipitate homelessness, homelessness or did homelessness precipitate a mental health crisis? Um, so we work, we have a 90 day stay with our guests. When they come in, we begin looking at some of those root causes. Um, is, homeless, is there a mental health need that's been unmet that we can help connect you to services? And then from that point, um, has there also been substance misuse? Because oftentimes if you've not had medication, you've used sub- misused substances. 
And so we work um, also in that arena. Um, and, and one of the things that I think we do really deftly is we connect people to the services out in our community. We have a, a network of other agencies that are doing excellent work that we do not need to duplicate. And so we count on them. Uh, Elevation House has a mental health clubhouse. Highland Rivers provides assessment and medication and counseling. Um, Living Proof Recovery uh, provides peer-based recovery meetings. I think right now they're at 21 offerings seven days a week. Um, so we're we're constantly looking at what the need is that a guest presents with and then connecting the dots between what they might have need for. So once we do that and kind of get those baseline issues dealt with, then and sometimes at the same time, we're looking at where can you go to work? Where can you start making some money to set aside in that three months? We know it costs about $1,200 a month to live. That's a pretty modest um, estimation, but that's that's a typical, um, you know, to rent a place and pay your utilities. Um, and so we're uh, encouraging our guests to have that kind of a nest egg, at least a month or so of that as they are leaving us so that they can move on into a place and not have to be anxious about where the next rent check is going to come from. And uh, we connect with uh, Georgia Northwestern, uh, serve safe and uh, forklift training because those kind of jobs and those kind of accreditations or technical skills allow you to make a little more money than just minimum wage as well. Right. So the, the desire to transition and help people get back uh, on their feet is uh, that's, that's just a key component. That's the absolute goal. But Mm -hmm. if you do find there's a mental health issue or Mm -hmm. a substance issue, um, Mm -hmm. then what are next steps there? Um, We require, if there has been substance misuse, we require 90 meetings in 90 days. It's an AANA model. Okay. it's not perfect, but it definitely is um, a way to help support and cre- and help uh, individuals create community because, you know, oftentimes homelessness is removed community. You know, you being isolated and not housed, if you've had substance misuse and mental health needs that haven't been met, you're, you're isolated. And so that is also part of what we're hoping for is to create community that would support people moving forward. Um, so, you know, they, they may be going to a meeting, they may be going to work, and they may be um, also heading to Highland Rivers once a week. And all that happens at the same, you know, in a given day. And that can be part of, uh, we call it purposeful work. You know, you leave out during the day and you're at something purposeful during the day. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Jimmy, I would imagine part of the importance of supporting the shelter comes from the Rome corporate community, uh, of which Hardy Realty, of course, has a high profile. Uh, I guess maybe this is a question for Devin and Jimmy, since Jimmy is a former board member. He said, what kind of support do you get from businesses around our area? Jimmy, I'll let Devin, an- I'll let Devin <laughs> answer that. I mean, I, I know that, you know, Bill Davies now, Never passes up an opportunity to ask for money. So, That's right. uh, but uh, I'm, I mean, I'm, it was well supported when I mean they were able to raise money to build that building. Mm-hmm. Barely, I wouldn't say easily, but it, it was not a terrible challenge. So, um, yeah, yes. Devin can answer that. I hadn't been on the board in five or six years, so 
Well, I, I, this is where it I will. might be time for you to come back. Oh, yeah. I, well, the one thing I liked about your board was that you rotated folks off, which I think is important. Now, y'all may not be doing that anymore, but I, I think that that, that was a, there's sort of a term limit. And, and mm-hmm. so uh, you got fresh faces, fresh ideas and fresh energy uh, mm-hmm. anyway. Well, plus, uh, I, I lose track of how many boards Jimmy has been on. <laughs> well, yeah. I bet there's a nice list somewhere. Somebody's got uh, well, Jimmy, he's just very, very yeah. active, supportive guy in our community. But, but Devin, back to the original question, your corporate support and how critical it is. And, and uh, sure. let's, let's use the podcast to get some more. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, we are so grateful. Um, Southeastern Mills, uh, Kellogg, we, you know, larger corporate kind of entities here in our community have uh, international paper, um, lots and lots of that kind of help. And then our hometown offices as well to say, um, what could we do this month? So we've had um, Garner and Glover does a food drive every year, canned food drive, and then they bring it to both of the shelters. And then we stock the pantries and we don't have to worry about those sorts of things. So uh, obviously, I think Bill Davies would be the first person to set, to tell you that um, money is the perfect size and fits all of us um, well. You know, they, they don't um, items are great, but money always goes in, in very distinctly different ways. Um, we have a running wish list, um, and it's I always help people understand that anything you need to run your household, we need times 16 or times 12 plus children. So if you're buying toilet paper, throw an extra package in your buggy when you're at the store and drop it off at one of our shelters. Um, we use bleach and floor cleaner and Windex, uh, dish pods, laundry soap, any of those kinds of items we like to keep on hand and like to have a good stock um, so we can keep the shelters running. Well, it's interesting. I'm, I'm sure it's an uphill climb all the time, needing more resources and needing more volunteers and, and beds and things like that. But the addition of the of the women's shelter a few years ago, the fact mm-hmm. is there's there's growth. You're get, you're yes. getting you're you're being able to provide more beds. So just talk mm-hmm. about the growth, if you could, over the last couple of decades of the of the program. Sure. So uh, the program originally was down on South Broad and a, a really lovely home down there. Um, and for a minute, there was a women's shelter right behind it that was part of the Davies shelter, but it didn't stay open long. And um, there were a number of reasons for that. But when I got back, I honestly had come back to town in 2017 to run a men's shelter. That was it. I had no ambition to uh, open up another shelter, or start a farm. That was not the that was not the, the plan or the map. But um we very quickly started getting calls at the shelter um, asking for beds for women. And so we just started tracking those numbers uh, and had Salvation Army and Hospitality House help us as well because Salvation Army houses four single women. Hospitality House is obviously housing women and children. They have 28 uh, spaces there. And um, we just knew there were, there were so many folks that were looking for shelter and a few years ago, um, my phone always is on at night in case the staff needs me across my room with a ringer. And a, a phone call came in about two in the morning and it was a woman. And she said, do you all have a bed? And at this point, we only had the men's shelter. And a lot of women call for their fathers or their uncles or their brothers. And so I said, well, when I left at 530, we didn't have a bed, but let me give you the number there. And um call over and ask the staff if there's a bed. And she paused and said, well, do you have, would you have room for my children as well? And 
what went from being just a really rhetorical conversation suddenly became, how do I find a place for this woman at 2.15 in the morning and, and her children as well? And the reality was there wasn't anywhere to put her. There, there wasn't any space in town. Um, there weren't um, issues of domestic violence. There weren't um, issues of addiction. It was strictly she had moved here, had no family, had lost a job, had subsequently lost housing. And so the last thing she had was her car and her children and their belongings in the car. And so we talked for a while and she was crying by the end of the conversation, apologizing to me for bothering me. And I was crying and apologizing to her because we didn't have a solution that that was right. Um, And so we landed on her heading to the Chick-fil-A parking lot because it has good halogen lights. And I knew the staff would get there about 5 a.m. And I asked her to cover herself and her children with blankets in the in the back seat of the car to be safe. And, um, and then I stayed up the rest of the night and I was pretty heartbroken and uh, prayerful and tearful that night. And I called Bill Davies at about seven. I waited almost till seven o'clock and I just said, Bill, we're going to open a women's shelter. I don't know how we do it. I don't know what it looks like, but we, we can't keep having these kind of conversations and especially um, telling people there's nowhere to go. And so that was the impetus for us doing it. And so the growth really came out of that. And it came out of um, us having those kind of honest conversations here in Rome saying there's a need. It's greater than we really had imagined. And what it, how do we meet that need? And so we've grown. Um, I think right now we're finding our feet underneath us in the middle of this pandemic and providing what we need to day to day at this point. Um, But even in the midst of that, there's always this, what do we do better? How do we better serve our guests? How do we better equip our guests? And then how do we move them out back into our Rome Floyd community and and say, now you're part of us in a different way? Um, One of the the things in my notes here, Devin, I was going to say, can you please give me a specific story Um, that will break my heart? And you just did. Yeah. Um, do we, what happened to this woman and her children? Do we know? We have no idea. I tried to reach her the next day. I never was able to get back to her. Yeah. But, but now that, that became the impetus for, mm-hmm. um, the push for the, the housing for, uh, the shelter for women and, and children. So, uh, wow. Um, anyway, I, and I'm sure you deal with that all day, every day, variety mm-hmm. of circumstance, um, so uh, now I've lost my train of thought. <laughs> right, I, I, I've got a question. How do you um, how do you get your your clients? I mean your 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 guests. Uh, you know, is there? Um, I'm, I'm sure that that local agencies were first things mm-hmm. in, but you know, is there ever uh, sort of an outreach into those that are homeless that don't seem to want to? Mm-hmm. do anything but be homeless, um, sure. it, which is a sort of a different uh, right. guest than y'all sometimes deal with. Mm-hmm. I, I, I didn't know. Yeah. So last year, I think around all the homeless resolutions that came through uh, the city commission, um, a lot of conversation and energy began happening around what do we do as a community? We know there are camps. Right. We know there are people in those camps that are not being served. Um so the farm bus became a utility for us to use because, you know, once growing season's over, we're not taking vegetables out. So it was parked at the shelter and um, 
we loaded it up with coats and gloves and hats and uh, comfort packs that included snacks and uh, bar soap and deodorant, thing, just things you might need. Um, and then we went out specifically to those camps. We identified where they were around the community. And on Monday mornings, we would take a big pot of coffee and pastries and 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 just began um, doing outreach in a much more intentional way to say, we're here when you're ready. Um, it, it may or may not happen, but but just know that that we're available. And so that out of that um, effort, we um, the Hope Alliance was born, which is a group of, and it's not a nonprofit. We're just a, a an alliance of nonprofits working together. So Hospitality House, uh, Elevation House, Living Proof, um, Salvation Army. Uh, Merlin Justice with uh, Reach Ministries. So we, we all started going out and just providing. We provide, like Davies Shelter had coffee and then somebody was providing sugar and creamer. And so we were all going out together um, a couple times a week, first thing in the morning when it was cold. Um, what we know about camps is there's a lot of unmet mental health needs in those yeah, spaces. Right. It's really hard to choose to come into shelter if you're not stable right. in that regard. And so hopefully building credibility with people who are unsheltered like that um, at least may open a door at some point. That's, that's my prayer always. Is that well, you know, you bring up a point that I never thought about for, of course I didn't realize that you were doing with the, with the buses and that, but you know, by reaching out to them, you're, you are trying to to meet them where they are and, and see if there's opportunity for them to want to take that next step to get into a shelter, but knowing that they've got to meet some criteria to get sure. out of the shelter. So, sure. I mean, it, it's, it's, I mean, I, I hate to use the word recruiting, which you're, you, but you're trying to, <laughs> you're trying to get them, meet them at their spot so that they can see the needs and try and begin to trust what you have to offer. Yes. And they may, that's, make, that's a huge part of it. Yes. You're, they make that step to 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 go, you know, one step up to y'all's place. So, yeah, you're creating. You talked about creating community earlier. You're kind mm-hmm. of creating community by joining theirs and asking them to kind of slowly transition to yours. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's fascinating. Um, what what is your personal background, Devin? You've said a couple of times when you came back to Rome. Uh, sure. What, what what this yeah. this has to be a. a a passionate pursuit to dedicate your life to this. So, what kind of where, what's your background? So I went to Warren Wilson College in Western North Carolina. Um, it it uh, has a really distinct educational model. Everybody does their education. Everybody works on campus. It's 100% a work college. Um, Berea and other work colleges fashion their programs after Warren Wilson. Um, and then finally, everybody had to do community service. You couldn't graduate if you hadn't met all those, those uh, criteria. And so I really do know that um, – Intrinsically, that became a part of who I was in my college experience. Um, right outside of Asheville, North Carolina, um, I worked with homeless programs there and other social service programs in that community. Um, I was called to ministry at 17, but um, I'm female in the South and didn't have a lot of models for what that might look like. There weren't a lot of girl preachers running around <laughs> when I was moving through that. Um, so I went to Duke Divinity in 2012 and graduated with my degree from there in 2015. And I am um, 
in the process of being ordained in the Episcopal Church as clergy. I'll be a deacon in uh, the Episcopal tradition. And so what I do is, is social work, but it is my calling and my ministry. And I've done it ministry and social work for 20 years um, side by side. Um, I'm married to a, a Roman. His uh, great-grandparents were here. And so we're raising the fifth generation of his family here in town. So. Good. Yeah. I, I, I could, you know, when people do what you do, it's, it's, it's not a job, it's a passion, it's a calling. And so thank you for that. And thank you for what you do for the Rome Floyd area. What is, what is contact information? Uh, the the, yes. web, the website is Davies shelter.com. Correct. That's two S's. That's mm-hmm. Two S's in the middle. And, and we what, are on Facebook as the shelter, which is our men's program and the Ruth and Naomi house, which is our women's program. And how can people get involved, support through donations, dollars, time? What, what do you need? All, <laughs> all the above, but we would love to chat with people. We are, um, we are grateful recipients of the Bonner program from Barry college. We have 12 uh, college students that work with us during the school year. Um, if you've got an idea for how you want to be with us, call us. There's probably not a bad idea out there. Um, you can reach me at 706-802-6300. That's my office number. And if I'm not sitting here, somebody will answer and get the word to me. But yeah, we we just encourage folks to to come and be a part of the community we are we are working with because it it begins to um, drop away some of the stereotypes and we begin to be neighbors. We begin to be us and not me and them. Um, and so we encourage that. Well, thank you, Devin. Jimmy, any final thoughts? No, I mean, what Devin and her group does, you know, so so many of the times we just drive by these folks and just don't want to get involved and don't want to, uh, uh, you acknowledge them, but, you know, for them to actually acknowledge them and, and, and reach out to them, that's, that's, that's pretty special. Sometimes we have a habit of, of just, you know, I'll just drive on by, you know, I won't think about that today, but, um, uh, it's pretty special what they do. Thank you. Well, thank both thank both of you for joining us. Uh, Devin, thank you for all that you do in the community. Jimmy, of course, thank you for all that you do in the community there at Hardy Realty. I'm Roger Manus. You've been listening to the Hardy Realty Show here on Rome Business Radio from the Hardy Realty Studios, and we work in cooperation with the Rome News Tribune. Thanks for listening. <laughs>